Hi, I'm Maria Thea Harris or Velo Sews, and you're listening to Sew Organized Style Podcast. On today's podcast, Katrine of Mending Mayhem talks about how the Christmas customs practiced in Norway were developed from their initial forefather traditions. So Organised Style Podcast acknowledges traditional owners of country throughout Australia and recognises the continuing connection to lands, waters and community. We pay our respects to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander cultures and to the Elders past, present and emerging. A big sponsor shout out goes to our two podcast friends and sponsors. The Australian Sewing Guild, who has been our Monday Daily Series regular, is now a sponsor of Sew Organised Style Podcast. Go to ozsew.org to check out the online workshops, sew-alongs, skills library and more. Our second sponsor is Tatiana's School of Couture as she launches it online. Go to her website to see her new online sewing classes and patterns. Today, we've got Katrine back on Sew Organised Style Podcast. and We're going to have a chat about the Christmas traditions in Norway. Welcome back, Katrine. Thank you, Maria. I'm looking forward to talking to you again. And I'm really looking forward to hearing about how you celebrate Christmas in Norway. Yeah, it might uh, be a bit different from yours. And we also have much colder weather than you. That's for sure. Yeah. So I thought it would be very easy to make something about the Norwegian Christmas tradition. Because after all, I'm Norwegian, right? So it should be easy. But uh, we have a lot of uh, traditions and they are old. And also we vary it uh, depending on where you are living. But some are more common than others. And most of our traditions actually are before Christian times, so they're quite old. Thank you for sharing your traditions with us. I will try to do my best to find some very good stories for you, or traditions. So I will try to do more from the place I'm from here in Ondalsnes, in the midwest of Norway. I live a little bit outside, so it's like a farm area. Okay. And I already told you that our traditions are very old. Like our name for Christmas, we call it Yule. But in old times, it was called Yule with an O instead of a U. And it was the name of a festivity from the winter solstice. Or it also was called Yulablot, which means it's an offering for the gods, the old gods. It was actually celebrated around the 12th of January because people wanted to know that the sun would return and rise higher on the horizon. Most important for this celebration was good food and drinks, and also to celebrate forefathers. Tell us about the forefathers. The king Håkon den Gode, Håkon den Gode means Håkon the Good One, moved the celebration from Juleblad to the 25th of December, around the year 900. It's quite uncertain where the name Jule comes from, but it might be from the god Odin, that also was called Julnid, and it was a duty to blot to the gods and drinking Yule. It means that they offered for the gods and uh, drinking uh, beer and spirits. Oh, okay. Yeah, so they did that around the winter solstice. It's very important to have good food for Christmas. What you have will vary from where in the country you live and your family traditions. 
the old tradition said you had to keep yule food out for 13 days. A lot of good food, yule meat, Christmas meat then, will have a good harvest next year if you had a lot of good meat at yule. So here in my area, we have something called the pinnishut that is made out of sheep. I have more about that later. Okay. The more modern version of this is the Christmas party or Yulebord. This translated means Christmas table. Every company, school, sports club and social group hold their own Yulebord. These common gatherings are an important part of Norwegian culture. Traditional food is often served. Large amounts of alcohol are consumed and normally followed up with a late night party. Norwegians normally dress very culturally. The Yulebord is one of the rare occasions where we dress up in formal attire. Also, we do that on Christmas Eve, even if it's only your close family. Katrine, have you made something that's formal for this Christmas? No, I haven't made anything myself. I have a knitted dress that uh, I got from my husband that I'm going to wear. Lovely. I'm not so clever in sewing clothes like you. I need to practice more. Like I need to learn how to crochet as well. So we can help each other. Yes. But I did sew a lot of Christmas gifts this year then. The first Sunday of Advent, people put light in their windows and have started preparing for Christmas. We also put lights outside, like small Christmas tree, and many people decorate the house with lots and lots of lights because it's very dark here at this time of year. At the moment, we have like a little bit less than five hours of daylight. In an earlier podcast, you've talked about how you get very little sunlight where you live at this time of the year. Yeah, we don't have the sun here. No. It doesn't come back until we're 8 of March because we have so much mountains. So it can't go over the mountains. Most Norwegians care a lot about the time leading up to Christmas. Every Sunday in Advent, we light a candle, one for each Sunday. This is to mark that another week has passed. The kids will have an Advent calendar, often with a tiny gift for each day. When my son was smaller, he liked to get cars, small cars in his advent calendar or some toys. Oh, yeah. But now he's 14 and he wants candy. <laughs> That's much easier because it's difficult to find 24 small presents like, and you have a Christmas present later. So it's kind of tricky. But when I was a kid, we got chocolate each, like a wrapped chocolate, a special kind. And me and my sister got one every other day. And on weekends, we got one each. People didn't have so much money when I was younger. Mm. Even TV has advent calendars. Some of the bigger TV channels produce Christmas themed series with a new episode every day. It's kind of, some of them are quite fun. Some of them are for children and often grown-ups like to watch them too. Something to look forward to every day. No, my son is too old. He doesn't want to watch them. But it's a bit sad. I sometimes like to watch them though. I like some nice stories about some people preparing for Christmas and it variates each year. We also have a huge Christmas tree in our market square in our town. And it's usually a celebration when it's lit. Children and grown-ups will go around the tree and sing Christmas carols. And Vanessa, which is some uh, sort of a Santa, I will tell you more about him later. But he will stop by and bring some treats for the children. There are usually light decorations in the streets and the shop windows have been decorated for Christmas. Did you know that the Trafalgar Square Christmas tree 
is a Christmas tree donated to the people of Britain by the city of Oslo. Oslo is the capital of Norway. They have sent a Christmas tree every year since 1942. And this tree is displayed in Trafalgar Square from the beginning of December until the 6th of January. I don't know if people are busy in Australia before Christmas. We are. Yeah, it's the same here. Yeah. We have a, a tradition that says you should bake seven kinds of cookies. It's actually something that relates back to the number of heavens in old beliefs. Do you have anything like that you need to bake a certain kinds of number of cookies? My parents' tradition, there are some Christmas treats like cookies yeah. that you would bake, but it's more so at Easter than at Christmas. Not so much at Christmas for me. But it sounds like the same thing, but a different holiday. Yeah, I think so. But uh, children are often excited to help out with baking. Yeah. I uh, used to help mom when I was a kid and my sister too. And we even could have friends over to help. I don't think it was very helpful though. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's some uh, nice memories. Yeah. I did a lot of baking with my son too. We have some uh, cakes that are very traditional to Norway that often are baked in an iron like a waffle iron, but uh, it's not as like nice patterns inside. And it's not so deep as a waffle iron. You can, for example, make a krumkake, which is like almost looks a bit like um, a biscuit on an ice cream cone. Oh, yeah. But they're thinner and very crisp. And if you like touch them, they sometimes break. They sound nice. But you can use them for ice cream or next to an ice cream. Mm-hmm. And my mom used to put them on glasses because you need to roll this cake on a stick. And my mom used to put them over a glass and then it's like a bowl and you can put dessert inside. Oh, that sounds yummy. And it's my husband's favorite cookie for Christmas. Okay. We call all these cookies small cake. It translates to small cakes. And my mother also used to make something that's called guru. It is also made in an iron that you have many different kinds that you can make in those, those irons. So they are before people had a stove. Um, we also have some ones that's fried in fat that uh, looks a bit like donuts, but it's not the same thing. And it's something my grandmother used to make, something that's called fatiman, that means poor man. That's also in uh, fried in fat. But uh, you get poor when you make this because it's so much uh, expensive stuff inside. It's called Fatiman because you get poor when you make this. Okay. And we also have something that's called Lefse, that is a traditional soft Norwegian flatbread. The original Lefse in Norway were made from barley and oat flowers. Later, they were made from rye and wheat flowers. Most importantly, potatoes are used in some parts of the country. It's much less common. It is cooked on a large flat griddle. More common cakes like gingerbread cakes are often made and gingerbread houses are quite popular amongst children. People like to do that here as well. You can buy a gingerbread kit to make your own house. Yeah, we also have those kits and uh, someone make very large and fancy houses. I think there is some contests too you can attend with your gingerbread house. But my mom used to make this lefse that they talked about. And you have many sorts. You have someone that gets really hard and you need to put them in water. And you put some sweet on 
and you have some fat left that are much thicker and are very soft, but everyone mostly puts some sweet thing they made together. It variates, but it consists most of sugar, butter, and um, cinnamon. And on the potato left side, you can use it as a wrap and have like dinner-like things on, like chicken or dried meat. But you can also use it with sugar and cinnamon and butter. So you can have it for savoury as well as sweet food. Yeah. We even like to let our animals eat well during the Christmas celebration. One of the most common Norwegian Christmas decorations you see in December are sheaves of wheat or oats that are hanging out in the trees for birds to feast on. And often they are decorated with a red bow or something. They are often pictured in Christmas cards with black-tailed half-inches. The sheaves were originally a fertility offering to the god Odin. But priests tried to forbid this tradition, but they didn't succeed. It was too important for the Norwegian people. Black-tailed hawfinches are also often used in Christmas decorations. When I was young, it was common to send Christmas cards to family and friends. This is a fairly new tradition, but due to social media, it seems to be disappearing. Yeah. It is the same with you? Yeah, I don't think I've sent Christmas cards for about two years now. Because you say uh, Merry Christmas to everyone on Facebook or Instagram, right? Yeah, or I ring them. Yeah, and of course we have a tradition of buying and giving gifts as well. I guess you do that in Australia too. Of course. Do you make Christmas gifts yourself? I do. And you've been making Christmas gifts too, haven't you? Yeah. At the moment, I'm making some slippers and a needle felt on them, like a picture. Oh, nice. Uh, I have a last pair. I made two pairs and uh, I have one left. And I'm making aprons, a large cat pillow, and uh, quite a few project bags for knitting or crochet. Because my family are rather creative and they always ask, oh, can't you make some of this for me for Christmas? I want some. That's nice. Yeah, that's good that they're asking you. Yeah, or, or sometimes we see I made something for someone and they say, oh, I wish one of those for Christmas. So we usually I make almost all Christmas gifts myself. Your family definitely does appreciate all the work that you do then. There are also many markets. You can buy handmade gifts if you don't make any or Christmas decorations or cookies. Do you have Christmas markets in Australia? Not like they have in Europe, that's for sure. They're quite special. It's fun to go and have a look, even if you make your own gifts and cakes. And it's good to see people making things just for Christmas. Do you celebrate Lucia in uh, Australia? No. So this is new to me. Because the 13th December is the day of Lucia here, the Saint Lucia. It's the celebration of the Saint Lucia. And it's more about light and hope in the dark time. Actually, there was an older tradition that was about a demon called Lucy earlier for the longest night that said between the 12th and the 13th of December. This Lucy, the demon, will come check if you started your Christmas preparations, if you was in time. And you should lit a fire all night or she will come down the chimney and she might ruin the chimney even should not be outside because then she will maybe take you with her and she could be rather vicious she sounds vicious and she has a white, like white face and a 
group of like ghosts or dead people following her. So she was very scary. But uh, the Saint Lucia is a much kinder, is much better tradition, I think. <laughs> Not so scary. So this is, begins with a procession led by the Saint Lucia designee, who is followed by young girls dressed in white and wearing light wreaths on their heads and boys dressed in white pyjama-like costumes singing traditional songs. They have some cakes that is called lusicat and they are yellow inside, but they are like bonds, but they are made in a special way. This marks the beginning of the Christmas season here in Scandinavia. It's meant to bring hope and light during the darkest time of the year. In the early centuries, the celebration of winter solstice, the large bonfires were meant to scare off evil spirits and alter the cause of the sun. After converting to Christianity sometime around year 1000, incorporated the legend of Santa Lucia into our celebration. Our schools and kindergarten often bake and have Christmas workshops too. The children can make presents for parents or grandparents and sometimes Christmas decoration and going to church and listening to the Christmas gospel. Due to many immigrants, there are different religions and so there's a new tradition debating where to have Christmas holiday celebrations in schools on social media. You might have that in Australia too. Yeah, it's always interesting to hear how different people will celebrate their holidays. But here in Norway, Christianity is a state religion. Even though the law said we have freedom of religion in here in Norway. Okay. But the law education said that the Norwegian school should be based upon Christian values. But you can say no to attending to going to church because of your religion. Uh, my son, uh, he's annoyed with me because uh, we are not uh, belonging to the church. So he, he said he would rather be in school. But I say it doesn't make him any harm to going to church with other kids. So do kids in Australia go to church during Christmas holidays too? It depends on the families, but yeah, they do. Yeah, here are all of the schools goes to church, but uh, this year they couldn't, so they have a day off instead. But probably next year will be better. So does this mean that as a school, they all go on a particular day? They go on the last day of school. They go to the church. So the tradition say also you need to clean your house very properly before Christmas. Yeah. And polish silver and everything should shine bright and be very clean. It's not so strict now. But when I was a child, everything must be perfectly cleaned or it couldn't be Christmas. Oh, no. And absolutely no decorating your house until the 21st of December. It was very strict about the date. But nowadays, many people start early and most people are working outside their homes nowadays. There isn't as much time as it was earlier when people were home. Though my mother was working, she never decorated before the 23rd of December. People who did was looked upon as weird, but it's luckily not like that anymore. I started decorating a week earlier than this. When I was with my father last weekend and he had a Christmas tree he wanted to help up. He think it was a bit early, but he needed a bit help. But uh, he said it's okay because he's more to the old traditions, you know. So did you help him out on that day to put his tree up? Yeah. Oh, that's nice. But it's worse if you have a live tree, you know, and not one uh, made of plastic or because uh, often people here have a live tree and then it will be bad um, all the needles falling off it's very annoying actually i have one of my daughter plastic because i don't like all the needles falling around 
you have a very nice smell when the real tree is in your house. Yeah. But you're right. It makes a mess. Yeah. Even though we have our own Christmas tree, it doesn't go to the forest. We did it when my son was little. We went to the forest and found a Christmas tree and took it home. But now he's older and he doesn't care so much. I'm very happy about having a plastic tree. <laughs> the 23rd of December here in Norway is called Liljuraften. This means little Christmas Eve. I guess you don't have that in Australia. No. No. So is this an, another way of celebrating Christmas on the 23rd? Yeah, we celebrate it on the, the 24th, but you need to be finished then by the 23rd to decorate and have everything prepared. Oh, okay. Often things are closed on the 24th or not closes very early. So you need to have done everything, shopping and so finished. Yep. So you're all ready for the big celebration. It is the 24th here in Scandinavia. So unlike the most of the world, we celebrate 21st of December as the most important day of our Christmas celebration. And we open Christmas presents in the evening, just like the British royal family. I think they have Scandinavian roots. They celebrate the same day as us. Many people do go to church on the 24th of December and listening to the Christmas gospel and mark the start of a celebration. The holiday starts in the evening, but it's common to have the Norwegian Christmas porridge called Risengrensgröt in Norwegian at lunchtime. You'll know that's a white sweet version of a traditional oatmeal porridge topped with a clunk of butter and sprinkled with cinnamon and sugar in a traditional Christmas dish. An almond is dropped into the pot, and the person that gets the almond wins the prize. Usually, it's a pig made of marzipan. The witch are very happy about marzipan for Christmas and Easter too. Do you have a lot of marzipan for Christmas, Maria? No, we don't. But I understand tradition because we have something similar on New Year's Day where there's a brioche bread, and in it will be a coin, and whoever... Yeah. Yeah, but you don't know where it is. So you cut the bread, serve it out, and whoever gets that coin gets the luck for the year. Oh, that sounds like a good tradition. It sounds interesting. I never heard about that, actually. But I like your one about the porridge, the Norwegian Christmas porridge. Yeah. You can start a new tradition now in Australia, making Norwegian porridge. (laughs) I'll look it up on Google. And you can use the leftover from the porridge to make into a delicious dessert that you serve later on with the dinner. My husband is very keen on this dessert. I'm not so much. I prefer the caramel pudding. You also need to put out a portion of the porridge for the nisse. The nisse is a tiny guy that lives in your barn or maybe in a shed and most likely relates back to the worshipping of the forefathers that was no longer allowed when Noah got Christian. And it's most likely the founder of a farm that turned into this little figure. He's not larger than a horse's head, often dressed in grey with short pants and red hat, like most of the farmers were dressed, having a long beard and white hair, so it's like an old guy. He could be useful on the farm, for example, by tending the animals, especially if he had good food and drink on Christmas Eve. They were also Capricorns and erratic and could perform pranks and mischief and harm people and animals if he wasn't treated well. The more modern version also brings gifts for the children on Christmas Eve. He doesn't come through the chimney but knocks on the door, asking if there's any well-behaved children around. 
Often a family member dress up to be Venice if there are small children in the house. And they sometimes get really scared if they're tiny. But some get really excited and think it's really fun. You know, when they get older, they understand it's some of the family and, ah, it's mom or it's aunt <laughs> or dad. So sometimes they switch with the neighbors. So the neighbors go to your home and you go to the neighbors. Just so the kids shouldn't know who it is. So they don't go through the chimney, but they knock on the door. That's the difference. Yeah. You know, because they live in the barn so long, they can just walk. They don't have reindeers, but it's very mixed with the Santa Claus. Yeah. Nowadays. So it's not so much the old traditional Norwegian Nisa like it used to be. The Nisa can come after or before you have dinner. If you are older or smaller children, you know. Because the small children often get tired of waiting the entire day for the presents. It's a very long day for small children. And also for the parents, because they'll say, you know, when are we getting presents? All day. Yes. Yeah, all day. Yeah. Yeah. I remember my when I was a kid, they had to do the dishes by hand because it was a nice uh, plates and it took forever. And the, my aunt needed a nap because she celebrated all of it with us, but... Usually when she had a nap, uh, Nisa came. <laughs> you know, she was dressed up as Nisa. So it took forever and ever and ever until the Christmas present was open. For Christmas dinner, we serve pinnachot or ribe or something that's called lutefisk. It depends a bit on where in the country you live. Okay. I think the lutefisk is not so common. This is a lot fish which is prepared with lard. Pinnachot is a Norwegian traditional meat from sheep. The word pinnachot literally translates to stick meat. The name derives from the sticks that is used in the making of meat. Meat is cured and salted over time and has quite a strong and salty taste. Pinnachot is served with potatoes, mashed kurabi and sauce. This is the most common here where I live. We usually have a pinnachot, but my husband is from east of Norway and he wants to have a ribe. This is made from pork. So I usually make both for Christmas. Okay. Ribe is pretty much what it sounds like, ribs of pork. Ribs are roast to perfection and ideally the top layer of it is so crunchy that you hardly can chew it. Ribe is served with potatoes, sausage, sauerkraut, sauce and lingerberries. And then you have a lutefisk. It's a Scandinavian dish made from dried white fish that's been treated with lye. Salting in fish having gelatinous consistency and often, depending on the type of white fish, a very strong odor. That's the worst thing about this fish. <laughs> but my grandmother used to make this fish, but I don't think she made it for Christmas. I refuse to eat it. It looks like jello on your plate and, <laughs> and smells very woo. But uh, I think it's more common in the north and maybe uh, in the fjords. But here it's the pinnachot that's more common. You know, it's an old tradition because it's prepared with salt, so it doesn't get bad so fast. And so it's also the lutefisk, is salted fish, dried fish. Um, the live fish, when it's served with a lot of array of side dishes, in Norway it's typically is served with boiled potatoes, mashed green peas, melted butter, and pieces of fried bacon. We also have akvit. It's a spirit with roots in Scandinavia, and it's distilled from potatoes. 
served through the Christmas season, especially during and after dinner. It's incredibly strong and naturally an important part of drinking culture in Norway. It's served in a shot glass, yet it sips slowly, and many believe it helps the food sink after a big meal. And I don't like that one either. It's very strange taste. What do you prefer to drink after your Christmas meal? I prefer to drink water, actually, or coffee. Okay. But I'm a bit strange, though. I'm not a typical... Norwegian? No, I'm not like an A4 person. I'm a bit odd. Okay. It's common to celebrate the Christmas with your family. Christmas here in Norway is a holiday for family and food. Maybe it's like that with you, too? Oh, yeah, definitely. Yep. Yeah, it's a family holiday. Yeah. As you said, in the lead up to Christmas, you celebrate with your community. On the day, we celebrate with the family. Yeah, so it's the same as here. Yep. After we had the dinner, it's time to go around the Christmas tree caroling. And then it's time to open presents. I can tell you, children think it's very difficult to wait the entire day. (laughs) Then the 25th of December is a family day. You're not going to visit people unless you are invited. It was very strict when I was a child. I think we're a little bit looser about it now. But I think it's a good thing that you can stay home with your family and enjoy a bit of family time. So, But you might have a Christmas party, if, depending on your family traditions. Mm. We call the time between Christmas and New Year for Romuald. Mostly we spend this time with family or friends at home. For most modern-day Norwegian, Romuald means vacation, or at least a shorter workday than usual, because the shops isn't open full-time, and most offices and so are closed. Is it the same with you? Yeah, there's a lot of offices that have a shutdown period between Christmas and New Year, but the shops are still open. Yeah, I open the same length as usual. Yeah, they are. You know, this is the middle of summer for us. So here all the shops have very short days. They close very early. And this also means that people have an opportunity to enjoy a very few hours of light that the Nordic midwinter day can offer. Unless you have experience in Scandinavian winter, you don't know what difference a few hours of daylight can make. So that's quite a good thing that you can be able to see some daylight because it's very dark this time of year. You know, when we have clouds, it's very, very dark. That must be really hard. Uh, I think it's, uh, winter gets worse when you get older, actually. And you don't like the cold either? No, I don't like cold very much. The worst thing is actually the snow and the wind. But you can always put on more clothes, put more fire on in your fireplace. So We also had another tradition that's called Yulebok, but it seemed to be vanishing. I never did do it, but actually I think it was a lie because I remember doing it with my friends. I remember some looked through some old pictures and I actually had dressed up and go around caroling with some friends when I was with my grandparents. But it's almost disappearing, but people are wearing masks and costumes and go door to door. And the neighbors are trying to identify them, who is under this, this disguise. In one version of Yulebok, people go from door to door singing Christmas song. After they have sung, they are rewarded with candy or like uh, Christmas cookies. It's a bit like trick or treating at Halloween. It sounds like it. We also have this in Romuli, so we have the Christmas tree. It's called, if you translate it, it's called Christmas tree party. And you can bring cookies and coffee and go around the Christmas tree, like, well, football team or 
at school or many places they offer have a Christmas tree party. And sometimes we need to come. Okay, he's very busy. Yeah, just before Christmas and not Christmas and after Christmas because he needs to go to the Yuletree fast. But it's a bit fun for kids and you can meet up with neighbors and friends and it varies who, who has these Christmas tree parties though. But you can always find a few if you like to go. So I think I covered some of our most common traditions. Thank you to Katrine of Mending Mayhem for telling us about the Christmas traditions in Norway and how these traditions include holiday practices from their forefathers. You'll find the foods Katrine described on our podcast page at soorganisedstyle.com. Wishing you all a safe holiday break and see you in January, everyone. Listeners, I know you would join me in thanking Katrine for bringing her mending knowledge and experience to the Sewing Safe series since we met in July. Thank you again, Katrine, for talking about your approach to mending in our everyday lives. Mend, don't spend. This episode of Sew Organised Style Podcast was produced by me, Maria Theoharis, with permission of Katrine of Mending Mayhem, sound by bensound.com. You can subscribe to Soul Organized Style Podcasts, but with an S, not a Z, on Apple, Spotify, Amazon Music, Google, and from all good podcast distributors. Post any questions or podcast suggestions you have on our podcast Instagram account or on our Facebook page. We look forward to joining you in your sewing room next time. Stay safe, everyone. <laughs>